Welcome to Church Ahead, the weekly Christian podcast talking about big questions facing the future of church with Rev L all the way from the north of England. Episode 83, Islam Coming, is the first of a three-week series taking us for the first time out of Judeo-Christianity as we spend three weeks with Muslims. I'm walking around a city park on a hot summer's day 30 years ago. It's very hot because the park is in Nairobi, capital of Kenya. Under a tree is a man standing on a wooden box making some sort of a speech to a crowd of about 30 people. Allah is all-knowing and all-seeing, my friends. Submit to him now before it's too late. He's revealed his will to us through the Quran. Muhammad, peace be upon him, has brought us Allah's very words. Submit today. This was my first experience of Muslim evangelism. Wow. Some of the crowd nod along and some look more sceptical. Just out of earshot is another crowd with the same variety of response, watching another man on another wooden box making a similar speech. Let's listen to him. The God who made you loves you so much he sent his son to die for you, to give you new life and to send his spirit for you. Give your life to Christ today. The trees were almost identical, giving the same shade from the same sun. The crowd's very similar and the speakers could have been twin brothers. But unless you're an extreme universalist, the messages were really quite different. The Christian evangelist was unashamedly Christian. The Muslim messenger, unashamedly Muslim. Both setting out their stall, both promoting their faith, both in the business of recruitment. For me, this is a wonderful sight. The two great missionary religions of the world going head to head, both confident and outgoing. Religions in recruitment mode, never satisfied with the numbers they've got, always trying to win new converts, always in expansion mode. Great to see it. And this first taste of Christian-Muslim competition has always impressed me. This has always been my model for how I like to see the two faiths side by side. Now let me tell you about a couple of versions of this relationship that I don't like. The first version of Christians relating to Muslims I really don't like has to be the Crusades. Military adventures from Europe to the Holy Land where Muslims were attacked and killed because church leaders said that those Muslims had no right to put their infidel hands on the sacred sites of Jesus' earthly life. Violence, warfare, murder, maiming, expulsion, spanning most of the high middle ages. It was a version of Christian mission of sorts, but a terrible version of it. It remains a serious stain on the reputation of the Christian church. You know that my teenage faith was boosted by a boys' Bible class called, yes, oh dear, it was called Crusaders. Perhaps the name was designed to evoke the spirit of Pilgrim's Progress, stirring adolescent boys to be valiant for truth. Their favourite Bible passage was Ephesians 6, the armour of God, 
Are you carrying your sword of the spirit and all that? Well, it was one thing to call your youth movement crusaders when there were very few Muslims in this country. But somewhere along the way, Muslim numbers swelled and the sensitivity to their feelings increased and the movement wisely rebranded as Urban Saints in 2006. So Crusaders, an embarrassingly poor choice of youth group name, reminding us of a dreadful chapter in the history of how Christians have related to Muslims. So far, I don't think many people will disagree. I like the model of Muslim and Christian preachers setting out their wares under the shady trees of Nairobi. That's my ideal picture of confident equals, each promoting their own faith. I don't like the Crusades, where Christians were too aggressive, imperial and violent. Now come with me back to the north of England, and I'm going to show you another version of Christian-Muslim relations I don't care for quite so much either. Here come two examples of Church of England practice from cathedrals in the north of England over the past couple of years. During Ramadan 2023, Manchester Cathedral invited Muslims to come into the cathedral in the evening to share an iftar. That's the ceremonial meal that breaks the day's fast. It involves prayer to Allah, it involves the ritual call to prayer being sung in Arabic. Am I not being a bit ungenerous? What's wrong with Arabic? Weren't the Dean and Chapter simply offering neighbourly hospitality and building dialogue? And didn't they apologise for breaking the Church of England's rules by allowing the call to prayer in the cathedral's own sacred part? Surely churches have got to try new things to reach out to new audiences. Surely generous hospitality is a good Christian instinct. Hold those thoughts. The second example was at Bradford Cathedral, where in 2022, a Nasheed children's choir singing Islamic sacred songs was hosted in the cathedral. It was absolutely packed. Their justification was that it was musical song rather than prayer. St Augustine would have put them right in recognising he who sings prays twice, i.e. singing, is praying in the most intense way. These songs are part of the Sufi tradition of spirituality, that's Muslim mysticism. We allow Christian mystics to say all sorts of creed-busting assertions, so why can't we allow the same tolerance to Muslims? Yes, the line I'm taking goes against some of my liberal Christian instincts. So why am I being so pedantic and miserable? Why can't I celebrate these imaginative initiatives in trying to build bridges? And why can't we just welcome all nations into God's house? It's all about the context. When I was born, the north of England was overwhelmingly Christian, or in some cases post-Christian secular. Christianity was the dominant religion, far ahead numerically. There were small-ish Jewish communities in Liverpool, Manchester, Leeds and Gateshead, Modest in number, they kept themselves to themselves. Judaism is not a missionary religion. They didn't try to convert anyone. They weren't interested in expansion. 
During my lifetime, the religious landscape has changed significantly. Along the M62, from Rochdale to Leeds, there have been significant waves of immigration from the Indian subcontinent, bringing large Muslim populations. Their numbers have been growing throughout my life, and they are still growing quite fast. So you might think I was in my element, living in a 21st century Northern English version of that Nairobi park, with Christians and Muslims competing for the hearts and minds of Northern souls. What a great spectacle it should be, the two great missionary religions of the world. Come to Jesus, submit to Allah. It should be the liveliest faith context you could ever hope to see. Perhaps like when Christianity first reached Rome, or when Judaism got to Babylon. But is it? Well, if we want that spirit of the Nairobi Park, then the Muslims are certainly doing their bit as a great missionary religion. They're playing their role as a world faith pushing forward. They're building mosques in this country. They teach their young in Quran classes. They have a high rate of cross-generational faith transmission. Not a little success in converting indigenous English people. They are assertive about their rights. They promote their worldview in public life. We're here. This is what we believe and this is what we want. This is a strong, confident religion all the time on the front foot and I admire them. So if we want a healthy Christian-Muslim contest, well, they're doing their bit. What about us on our side? By contrast, mainstream Christianity is weak, passive and introverted. The Christian church no longer behaves like a missionary religion. Large parts of Christianity have given up. We don't even expect our own children to practice our faith, let alone other people's. And don't even think about taking the faith abroad. The Muslims remind me of myself when I was about 17 years old. As it happens, getting to know Muslims for the first time. I had to change school at 16 because my school didn't have a sixth form. So I went to sixth form at Grange School, Oldham, where about one third of the children were Asian, some Hindu, but mainly Muslim. I would try to persuade them why they should convert to Christianity. Everyone, all of my fellow pupils of every background. I might modify the message a bit for Muslims, but it was the same message for all. In form class, you had to sit in register order, and the pupil with the closest name to me was a Muslim girl called Tara. On the very first day she taught me to say Salaam Alaikum, she was intelligently articulate in promoting her faith. So was I, and we had the most brilliant debates. People like Tara are growing more numerous in this part of the world, whereas people like me are thinner on the ground. Put simply, Islam is strong and growing, Christianity is weak and fading. And that's the context you need to consider when you talk about these cathedral initiatives. Islam is taking over from Christianity as the main monotheistic religion in many parts around here. And they will push 
push, push at every door, open or closed, just like we did when we understood what it means to be a mass market missionary religion. I've never heard of a mosque inviting Christian choirs in to sing hymns or Christian clergy in to celebrate Holy Communion. They understand they are competing with us. They know that the main opposition for them is Christianity or atheism. And by and large, they must be amazed at how weak the church is as they watch it crumble in front of them. I think the Christian church has been wrong-footed by Islam. We've been used to internal competition for many centuries. So the Church of England knows it's competing against Catholics on one side and non-conformists on the other. As for other religions, well, we're used to Jewish people leaving us alone, leaving us the space to breathe. But Islam is very different. Islam might well eat our lunch. There are parts of this country where you could credibly say this is still a Christian country. But there are many areas round here where Muslims could credibly say this land is theirs. Most of the Muslims in northern England have their heritage in Pakistan and Bangladesh. Strongly Muslim countries. So this contest we find ourselves in in this country, two big monotheistic religions competing, well it's really quite new for them, just as it is for us. But my sense is they are really going for it, whilst we are shrinking back. If it were a football match, handing over our cathedrals to them for the evening feels to me a bit like we're losing 5-0 and one of our defenders takes the ball and offers it to their striker right in front of the goal. OK, we've had perhaps too many football analogies on church ahead in recent weeks. The average Christian in this country is much older than the average Muslim. It feels to me a bit like a race where we have octogenarian legs as Christians and they have the pins of a 21-year-old and we're running along side by side. It's just that they're running much faster and further. And then what do we do? We go and offer them a high-energy drink. Could anything change in our favour? Have we got any chance of catching up? Yes, the fine, confident Christians coming to this country from Africa. Maybe they will take the fight to the Muslims. Maybe they will stand up, stand up for Jesus. Maybe some of the Christians under those trees in Nairobi 1994 are here along the M60 corridor now, preaching the gospel to Muslims today. Thank you for listening to episode 83. Next week, it's time to visit the mosque.